Hey everyone, Mundo here. If you would like to support the show, please head to patreon.com slash crimeandcourtusa. What's up, everyone, and welcome to episode 25 of Crime and Court USA. I'm recording this on October 27th, 2021. I'm your host, Munda Carrillo. I hope you guys are doing well. Hope you guys are healthy, too. Me, I, uh, I need to pick it up a little in the health department. I've been getting a little rotund, you know what I mean? <laughs> I've been getting a little extra jiggly. So, um, yeah, I live in kind of a rural area. You know, I don't really have access to a gym. I don't really like going for walks or runs, especially runs, but even walking because there are a lot of dogs in my neighborhood and in my town in general that are loose and will just kind of chase you and just harass you. So I'm not even, I'm not even down with that. It'll get you to run faster. I'll I'll give you that. But like, seriously, there's a dog by where I live that just, the thing just looks evil. I'm sorry. I mean, it looks like Cujo. It has like a crazy eye. It's hello old. It looks really hungry. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which I'm not pleased about, but um, yeah, so I don't really even like dealing with that. And even once you get past him, there are other dogs down the street that'll start running at you. So, you know, like if I, I can't even go check my mail, you know what I mean? With, I got to bring a stick with me, which I do sometimes. And I kind of, kind of keep him at bay. He hasn't attacked me yet, but yeah, not, not a good feeling. So to the people of Pecos, New Mexico, please, for the love of God, keep your dogs chained up or don't don't keep them chained up that's actually can't even do that you know just keep them from harassing people that's all i'm asking you know what i'm saying can't just be me other people can't go for walks in our beautiful town because of that so anyways i've been trying to find a new way to exercise so yesterday i picked up ring fit adventure with the nintendo switch <laughs> and man i tried it for the first time today and it kicked my ass it's a really good workout really good so i want to keep that going i did watch a lot of reviews looks like a lot of people lost a lot of weight, got in pretty decent shape with it. I mean, it's not like intense. I mean, it's not like going to the gym and having a personal trainer or anything, but something I could just do in my apartment, not so bad. So I'm going to keep that going. I'm probably just north of 200 pounds right now, maybe 205, maybe even 210. Hopefully not. I don't have a scale, so I got to track one down to make sure. But um, in 2019, I got down to 179. So I'd like to get down to something around that, maybe even like 175, 170, just get shredded. You know what I mean? So, anyways, you guys don't care about that. What you do care about is crime and legal news. So today we have another story that took place in my backyard in New Mexico, not far from where I live. So let's just get right into it. Tragedy befell a movie set in New Mexico last week when actor Alec Baldwin fired a live round from a pistol that struck cinematographer Helena Hutchins in the chest and director Joel Souza in the shoulder on the set of the film Rust. Hutchins was flown to University of New Mexico Hospital in Albuquerque, which is about an hour from Santa Fe, and was pronounced dead at the hospital. Souza was treated for his injury at a hospital in Santa Fe. Now, there were a lot of safety concerns on the set. That all kind of unfolded after this tragedy happened. The morning of the shooting, six crew members walked off the set to protest living conditions and pay conditions, and some crew members voiced concerns about firearm safety. The armorer, who is in charge of the firearms on set, was young and relatively new at her job, 
and the assistant director who handed Baldwin the gun had been fired from a previous production in 2019 for not properly following gun safety protocol. As of this recording, the Santa Fe County Sheriff's Office and the Santa Fe District Attorney's Office have not ruled out criminal charges and both say their investigations are ongoing. Still, something like this seems ripe for a wrongful death lawsuit. Clearly, someone's negligence led to Hutchins' death and Sousa's injury, and I wouldn't be surprised if lawyers are already talking to Hutchins' family. Like, I would bet money that a, that a wrongful death lawsuit is coming. I mean, this is like textbook wrongful death lawsuit. Again, clearly someone was negligent here. This is not supposed to happen on a movie set. So let's go over some of the some of the facts, shall we? The morning of Thursday, October 21st, six crew members walked off the set at the Bonanza Creek Ranch, which is just south of Santa Fe. They complained of not getting their paychecks in a timely manner and for not being able to stay at hotels in Santa Fe, instead being forced to commute from Albuquerque each day. At least two members of that crew said that, that a prop gun misfired as well, so there were, there were concerns about firearm safety already. That crew was replaced by non-union workers, so filming started a little late that day. They were practicing a scene in a church in which Baldwin pulls a gun from his holster and points it at the camera, so they weren't even filming or anything, just kind of rehearsing how it was going to go down. And while he was doing this, the gun went off, according to a search warrant, filed by the Santa Fe County Sheriff's Office. And if I haven't explained what a search warrant affidavit is, I never say that word right, affidavit. If I haven't explained what that is, basically when the cops want to search something, right? They can't, as you guys, I'm sure know, you need, the cops need a search warrant to take your property, to seize your property, to get into your house, to get into your car, whatever the case might be. So what they do is they write up an affidavit. They, They write up all the facts of the case and why they believe a crime may have occurred and why they need to take certain items from the scene, right? So in this case, they, they the detective explained what happened, the shooting, all, all the circumstances, whatever. He said that they're going to need, you know, take control of the cameras, some hard drives, and even actually Alec Baldwin's clothes that he was wearing, his Western-style clothes, appeared to get blood splatter on them. So his clothes were taken as well. So anyways, the detective writes up what he thinks they may need to take as part of their investigation. This is read over by a judge. And the judge will decide, okay, yeah, it looks like maybe a crime happened here. So I'm going to go ahead. Yeah, I'm going to sign off on this. And yeah, you go ahead, you, you go there and you take the items you need. And once the sheriff's office takes the, or I guess any law enforcement agency takes an inventory of the items collected, then the search warrant becomes public, at least in New Mexico. So whenever a search warrant becomes public here, it already means that the detectives or whoever already took the items from the scene. So anyways, the gun goes off. And a crew member described seeing Hutchins hold her midsection and say that she can't feel her legs. Souza, who is standing directly behind Hutchins, then notices that he has been hit in the shoulder. Today, October 27th, Santa Fe County Sheriff Adan Mendoza said at a press conference that a lead projectile was recovered from Souza's shoulder. I'm not a firearms expert at all, but I'm led to believe that that's a bullet. <laughs> you know, that's, that's just a straight up bullet, which is not surprising, obviously. Um... It seems pretty obvious that a bullet was fired from that gun. And then the the sheriff also added that deputies and medical personnel responded to the scene around 2 p.m. that day, so middle of the afternoon. The deputies took about 500 rounds of ammunition, which included live ammunition, dummy rounds, and blanks. So again, I'm not a firearms expert at all, but I did do some research, so all the gun experts out there can please take it easy on me. But I'm led to believe that a blank is basically... You know, it has the shell casing, 
and gunpowder, but it doesn't have a projectile at the end. It just kind of has like a hole for the explosion to go through. So when you hit the, uh, oh, I forget what it's called. Jeez, I'm, I'm going to get torn up for this. But uh, anyways, when you, when you fire the gun, it creates an explosion with the gunpowder and it basically, it doesn't fire, it just fires air basically. It just fires out the explosion from that blank. So people like this in movies because you get a realistic recoil, you get a realistic muzzle flash. It's almost like you're really firing a gun but with no projectile involved. And I believe a dummy round doesn't have gunpowder in it at all. So it doesn't, it doesn't create an explosion. But it's interesting to note that they did take live ammunition from the scene as well. And as I said before, they did take Baldwin's clothes. Uh, Sheriff Mendoza said that he wasn't sure if there were other live rounds in the gun that killed Hutchins. So as far as he knows right now, as far as the investigation is concerned, there may have only been one live round in that gun. But we'll see. Who knows? As I said, there were a lot of safety concerns surrounding this set. So let's get into that. A lot of unnamed sources spoke to several news outlets over the course of the last week. This is a big story, as you can imagine, as I'm sure you guys know. Uh, I'm sure you guys already heard about this, but a lot of news outlets re- reported on this story. And they spoke with a lot of people who worked on the set anonymously. That's usually the way it goes down. You know, people aren't really uh, authorized to speak to the media. So they gotta, they have to do it anonymously. One person with knowledge of the situation told The Wrap, which is a, a website, that the gun that was used to shoot Hutchins had been used by crew members earlier that day for target practice with live ammunition. This is a practice that's apparently called plinking and is done with uh, when there's downtime on set. So I have also seen reports that said that live ammunition isn't even on sets like at all. So that's kind of contradictory there, right? We have, we have people saying that there's not even like, you don't even have live ammunition on a set. Well, we have this other, this unnamed source, as I said, uh, saying that, uh, yeah, no, we, we go off, people go off and shoot guns during downtime. <laughs> apparently the same guns that are used on camera. It's a little contradictory. Well, which one is it? So again, the walkout happened that morning. Some crew members, as I said, were concerned about guns misfiring on top of other other complaints. Now, according to that search warrant affidavit that I mentioned earlier, Hannah Gutierrez-Reed, the 24-year-old armorer who was working on the production, the armorer is in charge of all the firearms and stuff on set, she put three guns on her cart. Apparently, they have to do this because of COVID protocols, or they can't really, they can't have to distance themselves. So she put three guns on a cart. Then assistant director Dave Halls grabbed one of those guns and handed it to Baldwin and said, cold gun, which means that the gun doesn't have any live rounds in it and is safe to use. Now, about a month ago, or in, in a podcast episode of Voices of the West that was posted about a month ago, Gutierrez Reed said that she was nervous during her first job as the head armorer on a Western starring Clint Eastwood and Nicolas Cage called The Old Way. I'm sure, I'm sure she would be nervous. I mean, if that job was wrong, as we've seen, uh, someone can, can get hurt, someone can die. But <laughs> that's the kind of statement that I am sure is going to be used in a wrongful death lawsuit, in the inevitable wrongful death lawsuit. It's going to show that she was not qualified for her job or something. I don't know. I'm sure the lawyers are going to use that. Moving on to Hall's, in 2019, Halls was fired from the movie Freedom's Path after a gun accidentally discharged and injured a sound crew member. Also in 2019, a prop maker named Maggie Gall filed a complaint with Hulu's Into the Dark executive producers over concerns about Halls' behavior on set. She recently told the Associated Press in a phone interview that Halls disregarded safety protocols for firearms and pyrotechnics on set and even tried to continue filming after a crew member lost consciousness. 
this also <laughs> sounds like more information that'll be used in a wrongful death suit. I, I can see the lawyers making the argument that Halls has a history of negligence with firearms. So all this stuff, again, I'm telling you guys, that wrongful death suit's coming. I'm telling you, I'll put money on it. Also, uh, a woman who called 911, a woman who was on the set and called 911 that day, said that it is the assistant director's job to check the firearms. So again, more stuff to be used against Halls. Both Sheriff Mendoza and New Mexico Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham have called for safer film sets in New Mexico. The New Mexico legislative session, where all the laws are drafted up and all that, that takes place in January, so we'll see then if any laws are introduced that would address safety on film sets. I'm sure there will be, because this is a huge tragedy first off, but also the film industry is huge in New Mexico. Like, huge! In New Mexico, I mean, yeah, Breaking Bad was made here, The Avengers was made here, I mean... So many shows, so many movies, just so many productions are, are made in New Mexico, and it's a huge part of our economy. So I have a feeling this is going to be addressed by, by state lawmakers. So that's kind of where things stand now. Again, the latest today, the uh, sheriff and the district attorney saying that they have not ruled out any possible criminal charges and that their investigations are ongoing. And before I move on, I have to give a shout out to Santa Fe, New Mexican photographer Jim Weber for getting the photos of Baldwin that anyone, that everyone has been using. Uh, I'm sure you guys have seen it. It's the one where he's on the phone and he just, he looks distraught. There's another one where he's kind of hunched over. He, that took place at the Santa Fe, that was just outside the Santa Fe County Sheriff's Office where he was uh, questioned in the incident. I know people were giving Jim a hard time, you know, saying like, why would you take a photo like that where, uh, Clearly someone's in distress and all that. And I say, hey, man, that's journalism, dude. Like, <laughs> look at those photos. I mean, tell me that tell me that the look on Baldwin's face doesn't tell at all. You know what I mean? Like, tell me that that dude's not distraught. Tell me he's not shocked. Tell me he's not sad. I mean, they say a picture says, says a thousand words, right? And that photo definitely says a thousand words. And it's not like Jim got a, a photo with, you know, blood all over the place or something like that. It's just a, a guy who... Uh, <laughs> just had a uh, horrible tragedy unfold in front of him. So shout out to Jim, man. I mean, that, that photo was everywhere, 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 every news outlet, everywhere. So uh, local journalists getting it done, man. Support local journalism. <laughs> so this doesn't really seem like it's Alec Baldwin's fault at all. I see a lot of people blaming him, saying that, hey, man, if you, if you have a firearm in your hands, you're the one who's responsible for making sure it's not loaded, for making sure it's safe. And I... I understand that argument, but at the same time, you, you do have to put your trust in people to do their jobs. I mean, it was Gutierrez Reed's job as the armorer to make sure that those guns were safe. It seems like it was Dave Hall's responsibility to make sure those guns were safe. Baldwin put his trust in those people, and you know what? Hutchins and Souza also put their trust in those people as well. So if you're the armorer, if it's your job to make sure those guns are safe, I think I think it falls on you. If, it's, if you're the assistant director and it's your job to make sure those guns are safe, I think it falls on you. The, the actors depend on you. The crew depends on you. And unfortunately, this incident is just going to live on in movie lore. It's it's historic. Kind of like the time Brandon Lee was shot and killed while filming The Crow. Whoops, just hit the microphone there. Sorry. But yeah, this is like the time Brandon Lee was killed while filming The Crow back in 93. People are going to remember this forever. I mean, Alec Baldwin's a huge star. Huge. Probably one of the biggest actors in Hollywood. You know, so this is a, this is going to live on, unfortunately. Like, and I, I feel so bad for Alec Baldwin. You know, I, I love Alec Baldwin as an actor. I mean, The Departed, you know, all, all, all kinds of good stuff. My favorite thing with him, though, 
is 30 Rock. I think he kills it in 30 Rock. He's he's so funny, man. <laughs> he, he kills it. So, yeah, I, I feel super bad for the guy. I mean, you look at those photos that Jim got, and, yeah, you could tell that he's just, ugh. I, I can't even imagine shooting someone at, at that close a range accidentally, and then she died. I mean, ugh. what a tragedy. That's That's all I can really say is just, what a tragedy. I feel bad for everyone involved. If someone was negligent, I, I hope they pay with not criminal charges and with civil with civil charges, with civil complaints. I mean, clearly, again, not to keep beating this horse, but someone was negligent. <laughs> and I'll, I guarantee you those, those lawsuits are coming. All right, let's, uh, let's change gears here, shall we? Remains found in a Florida reserve have been confirmed as Brian Laundrie's. I've talked about this case a couple of times on this show. This, this is a big one that uh, captured the nat- nation's attention over the summer, late in the summer, where uh, a young couple, Gabby Petito and her fiance, Brian Laundrie, she was 22, he was 23. They went on a road trip. They left from New York State and they documented their travels across the western part of the United States, visiting national parks and stuff. They encountered police in the middle of August after uh, someone called 911 and reported a domestic violence incident going on between them. So there was some, there was definitely some tension there. Brian returned home or returned to his parents' house in Florida on September 1st. <laughs> uh, and Gabby was reported missing on September 11th. She wasn't with him. And her body was found on September 19th in Wyoming. A Wyoming coroner later said that she died by strangulation. Brian had been missing for quite some time before his body was found on October 20th and his identity was confirmed the next day. His notebook and backpack were also found near his body. So yeah, that um, sadly kind of brings us to an end, I believe. I mean, Brian was the only person of interest in Gabby's homicide and now that he's deceased, I don't think they really have anybody. So unfortunately for Gabby's family, it doesn't look like they'll face justice in her death because the one person of interest won't face charges. So, yeah, just a very, very sad end to that case. That's just very sad overall. I mean, so young. And I said this before, too. You watch that police video where they encountered um, police in Moab, Utah, for that domestic violence thing. You just, you watch that. You just wish that they just would have called it quits on that relationship and just went back home, went their separate ways. You know what I mean? So, yeah, really, really sad. All right, guys, that is all for today's episode. The podcast has been growing a lot this last month. So I really appreciate everyone who has listened and who continues to listen every week. Of course, thank you to all my fans in America, but also to all my friends outside of America, because there are a lot of you guys as well, too. Follow the page on Facebook. Follow the page on Twitter at Crime and Court. Check out the Patreon page, patreon.com slash Crime and Court USA. Throw me a few bucks a can. (laughs) God, I am all over the place today. Throw me a few bucks if you can every month. I would greatly appreciate that. But as you guys know, I just appreciate you guys listening. Share this podcast with your friends. Share it with your enemies. Help me grow even more. That's, as I've said several times before, the goal now is just keep growing. Grow, grow, grow. All right. Until next time, guys, my name is Mundo and I'm out. Peace.